God be in my head and in my understanding, God be in my eyes and in my looking, God be in my mouth and in my speaking, God be in my heart and in my thinking, God be at my hand and in my heart. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. An old Hebrew proverb says, it is better to light a single candle than to curse the darkness. But all of the lectures for today have to do with shedding new light and heralding new beginnings. We begin with the story of creation and the familiar words, in the beginning, creation was new, but it is never old. Contradiction, you might say, but consider this. Has creation ever ended? We see around us daily examples of God's continuing work in creation. At home, offspring of human and animal, as well as plants, are conceived, developed, and are born, sometimes changing to adapt to human environments and situations. Not only that, our very birth, the plant we inhabit, undergoes changes regularly through erosion, Reformation through flood and earthquake and volcanic activity, and through our own human interaction with it. As we gaze into space, we see the evidence of the formation of new stars and suns in a universe that is ever expanding, and with that, the development of planets and moons toward them. Also, we see stars winking out, sometimes violently, and the creation of black holes. Yes, you know the light of Star Trek and the Star Wars fan. <laughs> but that's not what's informing my experience. This is scientific fact. The truth is that God's creation is continuing, both out in space and here with us, and within us. As you see in this account of creation, the first order of business, so to speak, was the creation of light to push back the darkness so that the canvas on which the rest of creation was to be painted could be seen. And it was beautiful. A different type of light is shown to the new disciples, which St. Paul encounters in Ephesus. He reveals to them that though they are newly converted, their completion in the faith, the ways it was known then, would be accomplished in receiving the light of the Holy Spirit, which they had not known about until he revealed it to them. When they did receive that illumination, what a difference was conceived and brought forth in their lives, speaking in tongues and prophesying. That doesn't happen to all of us when we receive the Holy Spirit and become inspired. The fruits and gifts of the Spirit manifest manifest themselves differently in all of us, but they do manifest. That is the light which we personally carry with us into the world, and which we should be able to share with others who have not yet seen it, or have seen it only partially. It not only lights our way, but it acts as a beacon, drawing others into its embracing order. As we say at the time of baptism, 
Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The thought of baptism brings us to the gospel passage today, that familiar story of the event which we celebrate today, the baptism of the Lord. The herald John, preaching a baptism of repentance, a turning back, says that he is not the promised one, but merely, merely the forerunner of someone greater, someone who will bring new life into a darkened world. He says that he, in comparison, is the rank of the meanest slave, unworthy to perform the most menial task for the one who is to come. I think that's an exaggeration, but those who hear him understand the metaphor. The baptism of the Lord is one of the few instances in the life of Jesus which is recorded or alluded to in all four Gospels, which is significant in itself and makes it a moment of great importance. It marks the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, and it's a moment of revelation to those who witness it. Here is the new light come to shine in the gloom of oppression, of suffering, of old and outmoded beliefs and practices. Here is the beacon which will draw millions to itself, which will shape the foundations of the world, which will continue to inspire and influence throughout the world for thousands of years. Or will it? I like to think that Jesus is still the light of the world, but I'm sure that there are many who do not share that belief and have become disillusioned by the cares and woes of the world that they feel that Jesus is irrelevant to. What a shame. A shame for them and a shame for us. Why do I say that? Because we have allowed it. We have allowed Jesus to become less relevant without challenging that premise. We have not lived up to the baptismal promise to let our light so shine. We are the body of Christ. Collectively, we are the resurrected Jesus, tasked with fulfilling his ministry in the world and being the light, the beacon, to those who have not seen it or have been distracted from it. That is what we mean it means to be missionary in the mission field, to bring Christ to others both by word and by example. I know that seems to be a daunting task, and most of us feel that we are ill-equipped for what is asked of us. I agree with that. But all that it takes, really, is being a presence. And both Peter, Pat, and I can relate to that. In our previous occupation, parallel occupation of this chapter, a great deal of what we were able to accomplish was done through touch, proximity, and being open to listening to others. Very little was needed in the way of verbal communication. And when it was needed, somehow the Holy Spirit was able to work through us in providing the right word at the right time. It wasn't we were ordained. It was that we allowed ourselves to be conduits of Christ's love and care, bringing that light into the presence of others during times that were for some very God. My challenge is that as we go forth from this place, we will take the light 
the Holy Spirit with us and show it to those we encounter, giving them hope amongst the Gentiles. Believe me, a great deal to be accomplished with a simple greeting. God bless you. Amen.